Hello and welcome in to that special edition of the LacrosseTribune.com pod, sports podcast. I'm your host, Zach James. And with us today is Ron Clements. He's a um, freelance sports writer. He's, he's written for CBS Sports, Sporting News, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, just, just to name a couple there. But uh, as we talked to him earlier in the spring, and he and his wife, Patty, and his dog, Holmes, went on a trip uh, to visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums, and they accomplished it, and he's now here in Macrantz celebrating that uh, through Oktoberfest and visiting family and all that, and he's kind enough to give us a couple minutes here. Uh, Ron, uh, thanks for coming in. Welcome it's in my here. my pleasure, Zach. Thank you. This trip, uh, I'm sure it's been, it's, a it's been a whirlwind summer for you. Uh, in a nutshell, what has it been like for you? It's been tiring. Uh, we've been doing our own podcast twice a week, and uh, you don't realize how much time that takes. Like, our podcast episodes are only like 20 minutes long, but you record them, and, it, and if you have a guest, like you've got me, uh, it's, you know, you've you got to schedule that out, but then it's like editing it because, you right. know, the audio's got to be level and stuff and all that stuff, and then you got to, you, you got to, Upload it and get that thing scheduled out to go live so everybody can listen to it. But so that's a process in itself. But then, you know, like the whole trip, like my idea around this thing was to create a book about this. But finding the time to write when you're traveling from city to city and you, sometimes you got six, seven, eight hour drives, by the time you get to where you are, uh, yeah, I, I just don't want to do a thing. It's like, all right. I got the car off. I've got all the sewer and electric hooked up and everything. Now I just want to sit on the couch with a beer and and watch TV. <laughs> and the project is called Home Run on Wheels, and the podcast was called Home Run on Wheels too. For those who may not remember um, the drive of this trip, uh, give us a synopsis. Well, the whole thing started, and, and thank you for doing the article on us back on uh, Easter Sunday. Sorry, when pleasure. I, uh, I ran in the Tribune. But um, the whole thing started a year ago, May. Uh, my wife got a job that was 100% remote. And after that, a, a couple months into that job in July, she stepped out of the office where we're living in Charlotte. It was like, you know, I could do this anywhere. And so then we were just kicking around travel ideas and we settled on a baseball trip. It was like, yeah, heck, we'll just get an RV and we'll do it. What, let, let's just go for it. Uh, it's a bucket list thing, but then that, that kind of, that bucket list trip kind of morphed into something else a couple weeks later when we had dinner with a friend of ours. Uh, I think I told you in April that it was in September that this dinner we had with Celeste Dominguez, yep, yep. CEO of Children's Hope Alliance. But Celeste reminded me though, that it was actually July 28th Okay. because the day after my birthday and we had dinner and I actually made the joke that, uh. I had, I had two dates for my birthday, my wife and Celeste, right? I made that joke. But so Celeste reminded me of that. Uh, she actually flew up from Charlotte to St. Louis. She got out of Hurricane Florence and flew up to, from Saint, or to St. Louis and joined us for our big, like, kind of our big finale uh, week in St. Louis. Very cool. Um, but we had this dinner, though, on July 28th, and we told Celeste what we had planned for 2018. Um, and Celeste said, it'd be cool if you, if, or actually Patty said, it'd be, wouldn't it be neat if, if we could take some, uh, a kid to a game. 
And Celeste kind of doubled down on that. She said, what if you could take multiple kids to games? And so it kind of snowballed from there to where Children's Hope Alliance became our, our sponsor, our partner. And uh, they put a, a wrap on the RV with the, the Children's Hope Alliance logo on it, as well as the Home Run on Wheels logo. And yeah, we basically spent the last seven months driving around a giant billboard for Children's Hope Alliance. How many people? How many people did notice the giant billboard, the the well, mobile billboard? That's hard to quantify. Uh, we did talk to Celeste though when she was up in St. Louis on September sixteenth. We talked to her, uh, and you can listen to that on the the whole interview on our September seventeenth podcast episode that we did with Celeste. But um, she said the response they got was was great. Uh, people were. We're noticing the RV and, and the Children's Hope Alliance phone number is, is also on the RV. And so people were calling in and saying, hey, we saw your RV in you know, Nebraska or you know, wherever, right? And, uh, but I think the, the funniest thing we saw or encountered personally was when we were at a rest area, I think it was in South Carolina and we were getting ready to like we just stopped to like you know use the restroom or whatever and somebody stopped when we were or stopped me when we were getting ready to pull out he's he was driving a waste management vehicle okay like a, a you know a, a garbage truck right sure. and he knocked on the driver's side window and i opened it up and he goes are you ron and i was like yeah he's like i thought so i just looked you guys up and so that's the kind of thing that, that you know we wanted to do because the whole point was to inspire people to get involved, mm -hmm. whether it's through fostering or adopting or just volunteering at a foster care organization or donating items. I mean, kids are back in school now, so they need school supplies. Uh, and that was a big push that they had like through July and August was to get school supplies for the start of the school year. Uh, but, uh, but if you can donate money, even if you can't foster kids, um, any any kind of donations always help. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what we we hoped to do along this trip was inspire people to get involved somehow, some way. You mentioned South Carolina. That was the beginning beginning of your trip, and that's kind of where I want to go next. What were your first impressions of the trip as you, Patty, and Holmes were kind of starting out, especially as this MLB season started? Well, we had an awesome. It's kind of funny. The first RV park we stayed was in Jupiter, Florida. This place was great. Uh, the nice, wide, paved lots for the RV. We put out the awning on the RV and put out Holmes' bed. He's got a little kennel. That's like his little house. We put that out. He was fine. He'd sit out there all day. Well, we realized that not every RV park is like that. Um, there are some ones that aren't so great. Uh, so that, and like with not a lot of grass, like, I mean, we basically had like a yard in, at this place in Jupiter, Florida. It was awesome. Uh, probably the best RV park we stayed. The one in Orange County in California was, was pretty good too. But, um, but yeah, so that, that was probably like the first lesson we learned because like after Jupiter, we went over to Bradenton, Florida and it was like, we were right on top of each other there with the other RVs. Like I think our our awning was about six inches away wow. from the from the slide out of the RV next oh, to us. Wow. I mean, it was so close. Uh, but 
know, it was a lot of excitement early on. Um, then when you get kind of later in the trip, the thing about the East Coast is all the stadiums are really, really close to each other. Uh, you know, it's, I think the longest drive we had on the East Coast was from Tampa to Atlanta. Okay. Uh, which is about nine hours or so. A lot further than you would think. Uh, Montreal to Toronto was also not close. Um, I thought they were a lot closer together, but they're not. Um, but then, like, once we got past Minneapolis, though, Minneapolis to Denver. That's then, not short, a no, short trip. No, and then Denver to Seattle, and then Seattle to San Francisco. <laughs> oh, wow. And the Bay Area down to Los Angeles, and then San Diego over to Arizona, and Arizona to Houston. So the back end of the trip, I mean, there's a reason before the All-Star break, we had 19 of the 30 stadiums before the All-Star break. And the after the All-Star break, you know, there were only 11 left, and it's because they're so spread out west sure. of the Mississippi. Did you ever get tired? Tired? Oh, of course. <laughs> like, what What are we doing? Yeah, well, I know it wasn't so much that, although I do kind of question now, like, now that we're done with it and we have so many question marks about our future it's like man did we really make the right decision here (laughs) um to like you know get rid of our house and everything but uh you know it's i I don't think we question like what are we doing it's just like now that we're done it's like okay what's next and that's kind of up in the air and we'll get to that later Talk to, to me a little bit more about the East Coast trip. I'm sure 19 ballparks before the All-Star break, I'm sure it was uh, on the go all the time. What was that like? It was tough because, like, there are a lot of cities we want to return to, like Philadelphia and Boston, for instance. There's so much, as far as you think about the United States of America and, like, the origins of our country, I mean, Philadelphia and Boston are, like, two of the most influential cities to our country's history. Mm-hmm. And so those are two cities we definitely wish we, w- we could have seen more in. I mean, we, we tried to cram as much of the touristy stuff as we could in those two yeah. cities. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was on the, like, we were not in any one place for more than four days until we got to Milwaukee. Okay. And that was over 4th of July, and obviously with Milwaukee being close to here, you wanted to spend a lot of time. Right. And And we took in Summerfest. And took in Summerfest. That's always a plus, too. And the Brewers were playing good baseball at that point. They have been all years. That was also a plus. And we got to be thankful to the Brewers, too. They were one of the uh, teams to donate tickets to a foster care organization. We got 50 tickets from the Brewers to to a new family services in Wisconsin, and we were able to get kids out to Miami, Detroit, Detroit, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Denver, and in St. Louis. And that's something we're really proud of. Yeah, let's hop into the reason why this trip was created and in the, in the uh, meaning of this trip. You mentioned those cities and those teams. Are you surprised at the amount of teams that reached back out? Or are you disappointed? Are you happy? A little of both. Like, so when Celeste Dominguez, the CEO of Children's Hope Alliance in North Carolina, when she kind of partnered, when, Foster, when Children's Hope Alliance agreed to partner with us, the intent wasn't to get kids out to games. It was just to drive the RV around, like I mentioned before, the giant billboard, and to raise awareness of the needs of kids in the foster system and hopefully inspire people to get involved. Getting kids out to a game was kind of a bonus. Um, 
And the fact that we were able to do that in six stadiums is, is great. I wish we would have been, been able to do more. And we thought we were going to be able to do things in Tampa, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, uh, Seattle, Los Angeles. But there were like scheduling conflicts that we ran into the words like when we were going to be there, the organizations either had something else going on or, or, or other issues. It just didn't work out. Like, so we thought we were going to be able to do more things. My goal was 10 to get 10 kids yeah. out to stadiums in 10 cities. And 300 is a good baseball average. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, it was only six. Um, and, you know, if, if we do something after this to where we kind of revisit this Major League Baseball Stadium tour, I will most definitely reach out to those organizations in those cities and be like, hey, we're, we're going to do this again. Let's get kids out to games now. I mean, one of the things, like one of the organizations we reached out to in Seattle, when we were there, already had something planned that weekend with Pearl Jam. I mean, it's just really? like, so, okay, fair enough. <laughs> You've got something going on with Pearl Jam. I love Eddie Vedder, so... That's cool. <laughs> Pearl Jam. Okay, let's get into this. How did you get connected with Pearl Jam? Well, we, we, Walk we, me through that. Well, we didn't. Um, it was like, like we reached out to an organization there. Uh, we reached out to two organizations. One was called Mockingbird. One was called Treehouse. And I think it was Mockingbird that, had, that already had a partnership with, with Pearl Jam. And Pearl Jam oh, does okay. something in St. Louis – or excuse me, in Seattle rather uh, to benefit homeless Okay. Uh, the the homeless population up there try to find homeless people homes, and um, yeah. So leading up to that, Pearl Jam did a concert at Safeco Field this summer, and about a month before that is when we were going to be there. And leading up to that event to kind of promote that event, Mockingbird had something planned that weekend okay. when we were there with Pearl Jam. Okay. And um, so that kind of squashed our intentions of like trying to get some kids out to a game in Seattle. And then I reached out to tree tree house and it just, uh, it was only about three weeks out from when we were going to be there. And they said that was not a big enough window. So, I mean, yeah. And we ran into that in Baltimore too, where I reached out to an organization and they didn't have enough time to like <clears throat> orchestrate it. Yeah. You're right. To, to, to coordinate it. And so it's things like that. Like we had never done anything like this before. Right. And so there are a lot of learning lessons. And so now that we know kind of like the timeline, we got to plan this a lot further in advance. And now that we know that, I think if we were to do this, if we were to do this again, I think we'd have a lot more success in getting more kids out to games. So how helpful were the Brewers? You mentioned the Brewers were one of the teams. What was that weekend like? It was great. We went June 21st and June 23rd. My wife is a Cardinals fan, so we went – uh, to two games against the Cardinals. And fortunately for my marriage, the uh, the Brewers won one of those games and the Cardinals won another, the, the other. Uh, but June 21st is the game where the Brewers donated 50 tickets oh, wow. to Anu Family Services. It's A-N-U, Anu. And uh, I think they're headquartered in Eau Claire, I think. Uh, but <laughs> that came about after I met a woman in Florida, actually, in hmm. Bradenton, Florida, at a Pittsburgh Pirates game. Is this the same one you were talking about in the last interview? Because you did mention you I, met someone I, from Wisconsin yeah, I, I think in spring so. training. Okay. Yeah. Well, she worked for Anu, this woman, Cheryl. Uh, 
And um, I told her what what we were doing, and she's like, yeah, I'll run it up the chain, basically. And then you you never know who you're going to who's actually going to follow through on what they're going to say. Yeah. We talked, we met so many people who were like, Oh yeah, I'm going to listen to your podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to email you. I'm going to call you. And then I never heard from him. Uh, but Cheryl actually did what she said she was going to do. And I get a phone call from Matt Raisler, um, a few weeks later. And, uh, yeah, we, Matt put in the request to the brewers and the brewers donated 50 tickets uh, I, I never personally had any, any interaction with anybody with the Brewers, but Matt did. And, but but they were great. I mean, that's the most tickets a Major League Baseball team donated. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, 5-0. That's a, that's a nice chunk. Uh, against the Cardinals. It was a, a d- division opponent. But, and there was a little four-year-old boy sitting next to us. We were up in the 400 level, but he's, he's yelling down at the <laughs> field like we're sitting behind home plate. It, it was fantastic, and we had Matt on our podcast, and uh, it's funny, Matt, his, his last name's Raisler. I have an aunt named Gail, who used to be married to a guy named Mark Raisler. Uh, they're not married anymore, but um, they lived out on Highway 14, and I asked Matt, hey, do you know Mark? Yeah, Mark's my cousin. So, I mean, Matt grew up in Westby. Okay. Uh, so this guy... I never, I, who I only got connected with because of a woman I met in Bradenton, Florida, is a cousin with a guy who was married to my aunt. And then when Matt shows up to our RV in Caledonia, Wisconsin, where we were staying at the RV park, when Matt shows up and we recorded the interview for the podcast, uh, he's like, hey, what is your dad's name? I was like, Bernie? He's like, yeah, that's what I thought. My mom knows your dad. And I'm like, seriously, dude? So it's like it was like a total small world thing with Matt Race. That's a total Midwest thing, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so, but then Matt actually helped me get um, connected with Family Alternatives in Minneapolis because okay. Anu does some work in Minnesota. They don't do any work in the Twin Cities, but they know people there. And so Matt connected me with a woman named Mary Lenick. That's uh, L E N N I C K, and uh, Matt connected me with with her. And we were able to get the twins to donate 30 tickets to family alternatives for the July 8th game uh, against the Orioles. And so we got some kids out to there. We had some pretty good momentum. June 13th, June 21st, July 7th, and July 11th in Colorado. June 13th was de- was Detroit. Okay. So we were able to get kids, that, like a one-month period, we got kids out to games at four stadiums. And I thought we had a lot of momentum built. And then I got the – and like Seattle was our next stadium. And then, you know – Pearl Jam screwed that up. <laughs> and then, and then, but but then we, we ended on a high note though. We got some kids out to games in a uh, to a couple of games actually in St. Louis. Yeah, which is really special. Look, uh, you got partnered with uh, part with an organization, St. Louis, this time of year with the playoffs right around the corner. Fans hurting out to Bush Stadium for that. Um, how special was that getting kids out to Bush Stadium, especially this time of year? Well, it was great because I mean, like St. Louis, Yankees fans love the Yankees, but you also have the Mets in in, in New York. Um, Dodgers fans love the Dodgers, but you've got the Angels, it, and yeah, exactly. Uh, St. Louis, in my opinion, is the quintessential baseball town. I agree. 
and uh, I mean, St. Louis is basically identified by two things: baseball and beer. And my my wife used to work for Anheuser Busch, but so there are kids. If you grew up in St. Louis, you you know the Cardinal. Like you grew up a Cardinals fan. Uh, you you bleed red for more than one reason. Uh, so the fact that we were able to get kids out to game to to two games in St. Louis was phenomenal. September fourteenth against the Dodgers it was a Friday night. Uh, Wells Fargo, which is where my wife works, although that was a purely coincidental. Uh, Wells Fargo donated twenty tickets to the Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition, kind of via the United Way in St. Louis, though for that September 14th game. And then we were trying to get the Cardinals to donate tickets for a weekend game because that's what the Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition in St. Louis wanted because kids are back in school. The Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition did not want to disrupt these kids' lives for a weeknight game. Right. They were focused on a weekend game. The Cardinals wouldn't do that. They said the tickets aren't available because, like you said, they're in a playoff push and and it was in in high demand. Uh, So what my wife and I did... Uh, was we started a GoFundMe page. Okay. And we raised about $700 through that GoFundMe. And then I bought the tickets and donated 30 tickets to the Foster and Adoptive Care Coalition for the September 23rd game um, against the Giants. It was a Sunday afternoon game. And we were able to, we were able to get some kids out to games. So that's uh, between two games, that's 50 tickets we were able to to work out in St. Louis and, and, and really end, end this trip on a high note. And how nice was it? How special was it to end the season on a high note like that? Well, it was really great for me because the last two games we went to were Monday and Tuesday when the Brewers beat the Cardinals. So, <laughs> uh, so that was awesome for me. My wife would probably disagree because um, she's a Cardinals fan. But, you know, it's just uh, we went to 40 games this year. The home teams went twenty-two and eighteen, and and we we knew St. Louis is a is a special baseball city, and the, and we used to live there. We got a really good network of friends there. September sixteenth, we went with a group of about twenty-five people, twenty-six people actually, uh, a lot of friends, and some of my uh, wife's cousins came down from uh, Peoria, Illinois, uh, to to go to the game with us. Celeste Dominguez flew up from Charlotte to go to that game with us on September sixteenth. And to have to, that was probably more special to us personally than that September twenty third game because we did not interact with any of the foster families who were there. Um, but September sixteenth, though, we were all in the same area, and we had a blast hanging hang out with our, with our friends and family. Would you do this again? Maybe again, like I said before, if if we do do it again. I it would I I think we'd be much better planned for it, much better prepared, and we could reach out to the organizations in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and Atlanta and Los Angeles where we weren't able to get kids out to games, but you know, try to like work it out. Hey, and, and and even even the organizations where we were able to work with and get kids out to games. Hey, let's do it again. Yep. Um. So I I think it'd be uh, I I don't know if we'd go to all thirty stadiums again, but maybe those cities where we those know, six yeah. Or those, well, even the stadiums where we weren't, where the cities where we weren't able to work something out where we thought we were going to be able to. So maybe a dozen of them, 
But who knows? In a couple years, the A's and the Rangers are going to have new stadiums. So maybe we do it again, you know? And that's a perfect excuse for to go to the new stadiums. And who knows? Somebody else might yeah. want a new stadium between here and there, too. Uh, another cool part of your uh, trip, too, uh, you got to go to a couple NFL training camps, too. You used to cover the NFL for Sporting News. Uh, what was that like, seeing uh, NFL training camps? I think you went to the Chargers, the Niners, and... Cardinals. Cardinals. Uh, what did you see out of those three camps? I know it's not Packers camp, but what did you see out of those? Well, it really sucks with the Niners because they were so high on Jimmy Garoppolo. And now he's out for Torrey the year. CL, yep. Um, I mean, they were, like, really, really high on him, and, and he's a, a confident guy, and uh, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Niners the rest of the year, but I know they were. I think they're going to ride Bethard. I, that's a per, I hope they do because he's an Iowa quarterback, but um, I think that's the way they should go. Just throw away the season. The Rams are playing really well right now, especially after Thursday night's win against Minnesota. Uh, it's Los Angeles is uh, deficient to They're lose. They're probably the best team so in the league. I think they are the best team in the NFC. I, I'd agree with that, too. And I do. I did have the Rams going to the Super Bowl uh, on my um, pick on Facebook. Well, my Super Bowl but, pick for the last three years, I'm going to go with the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. So it's it's always 12 against 12. It's uh, Pats and Packers? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's not uh, a stupid pick. But with Rodgers' knee right now, I, I don't see that happening. And with Brady not playing... Not see, well right see one thing I try to always overlook is how bad the Packers' defense is every year. <laughs> but it's not getting any better. But, no, with the Rams, the best team in the NFC right now, I think the Niners just need to throw it away. And the Cardinals, too. I mean, what I think the Cardinals need to do from here on out is just give David Johnson the ball. And, I, and I'm impartial that, too, because I covered David when I was at the Clinton Herald in Clinton, Iowa. But... Um, See, my favorite player with the Cardinals is Marcus Golden because I've known him since he was 16 okay, years old. Okay, so we both have <laughs> personal connections with players but on the, the Cardinals. The, the story that I did, though, when I was in Arizona, and this is you, you, you talked about, like, or you asked me how it was to go to those training camps. And I also, when we were in Ontario, I did the Hamilton Tiger Cats sign Johnny Manziel. So I did something on Manziel when we were up there, and that was pretty neat to, 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 to get that in, invitation, rather. Uh, but And then I did something on the Browns OTAs when we were in Cleveland. But in Arizona, so like when I covered the Rams in St. Louis, you would always see the national media come in, whether it was Sports Illustrated or ESPN sure. or, or whatever. National media would come in. They'd ask for a specific player or a coach. And then one of the, a member of the media relations staff would, would walk into the media room and be like, you know, hey, so-and-so, yeah, hey, the player's ready for you. Come on in the locker room. All right, and... They'd come on in. Everybody else, all the other media contingent, sure. sat sat in the media room waiting for the coach's press conference or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, in Arizona, I am at University of Phoenix Stadium, and I had requested Dayon Buchanan because the story I wrote for ronclemensports.com was how Dayon Buchanan, as that money backer, has kind of like changed how NFL teams approach defenses, where the, and, and especially with that nickel backer. Well... Uh, and Steve Wilkes is the head coach there, and he had that nickelbacker in Shaq Thompson with the Panthers. Um, so anyway, I'm in the media room. Everybody's waiting for Steve Wilkes to come into the media room. And uh, the Cardinals media relations director walks into the media room and goes, Hey, Ron. And he points to me. Day one's ready. So I go into the locker room. I'm the only reporter in there. 
And so that, I was like, okay, now I'm getting a special treatment. So that was cool on a personal level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've covered a couple of NFL games with David related, and it is cool being in an NFL locker room and things like that. But another thing you got to do for us, shameless plug, uh, you got to see uh, Jaron Kendall play for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, the high affiliate of the Dodgers. What was your biggest takeaway from watching Jaron play? I, I get it was only one night, mm-hmm. but he he and his he and the Quakes ended up winning the California League. What would your biggest takeaway from talking to Jaron and seeing him play? Well, he's he's quick. Uh, first of all, he's a fast guy, and he had two hits when I was there. Um, but he uh, he was like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, and he even talks in smack between Holman and uh, Anna Aquinas, which I, I found funny. And I, I did include that interview as part of our podcast. Uh, but no, that, uh, that was cool. And I think Jaron, as a baseball player, has a special perspective because his dad got up to the double uh, A level, uh, I think with the Phillies. Um, so you know, he, he, was, he was a good kid. That's a beautiful stadium, by the way. Uh, it's, it's single A, but they've got an, the left field you've got this view of the mountain range uh i think it's the san quentin mountains i believe it's and it's just they're right there it's it's really pretty um of course then on the way back to los angeles um in the rv we got a flat tire so that was not ideal eh things happen right they have to have it on a long yeah we have insurance so we we, we got reimbursed for the tire something has (laughs) to happen along that Along that trip. Well, Ron, uh, we're talking to Ron Clements here, a uh, freelance sports writer. He did a couple of stuff for us. And he, his wife and his dog went on a summer-long trip around uh, all 30 major league stadiums as a project called Home Run on Wheels. And uh, it was an interesting trip, Ron. It was interesting to follow you throughout the summer. Um, hopefully you get to do something like that again. And uh, keep in touch. Thank you, Zach. Make sure to check out LaCrotchTribune.com for all our coverage for high school, college, and professional. For the LaCrotch Tribune sports staff, I'm Zach James. Thanks for listening.